KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. What up, what up, what up, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, North Texas, South Kansas, Eastern Colorado, Western Arkansas. Welcome to the First Take Thunder postgame show where your Oklahoma City Thunder did what you wanted them to do. And they did what a team that had seven players on, active players on the roster uh, as of this morning before adding two 10-day contracts so they could play a basketball game in the NBA. They did exactly what a team like that did, uh, you would think would do. They lost to a team that is, quite frankly, just as bad as they are. 132-108 to to Jerry Ramsey's Detroit Pistons. Christine Butterfield alongside me, Mr. Brady Trantham. And we are joined by our beautiful producer, the bearded, the handsome, Matt Burton. Everybody? Hello. Once again, <laughs> so many compliments for Matt. Well, <sighs> We can't even see Matt. They, they shove yes, him in a closet. Yes, we can. I've never, That's why the glass is glass. I've never reflective. seen Matt Burton in my life. I've been doing these shows now for two seasons. I've never seen That's the guy. Fake. That is so fake. No, I just... No, I can't wait till we meet one day. I know. It's going to be fun. And these times of plague... <laughs> these pandemic times. Yeah, these times of plague have really hindered any type of uh, relationship face-to-face that could have been had between our beautiful producer and... Us, Christine and Brady. But let's get into the game tonight. Oklahoma City just came out absolutely flat. But that's going to happen when you don't have a lot of talent and everybody's hurt, Christine. Uh, but I think Allegedly. It, I think at one point, what was it, 29 to, to 9? Or it was 31 to 9 in Their the first quarter. Their biggest lead was 27. But I don't think it was in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah it, it just it wasn't it wasn't pretty early on. Oklahoma City did go on a nice little run in the second quarter. They uh, tied the Pistons in the second quarter in scoring with 28 apiece. Uh, but uh, other than that, Christine, the first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter was everything that Tanking Thunder fans wanted to see. And somehow, someway, Sam Presti uh, out-tanks his old buddy Troy Weaver, who's now the GM of the Detroit Pistons. He had to do a lot to out-tank the Pistons, but he made it happen, man. And, I mean, you go into quarter-by-quarter tonight, and you already touched on the second quarter, how they both scored 28 apiece. But other than that, the Pistons really took control of this game. They went on a 23-2 run in the first quarter, and that's what I think really pushed them ahead to kind of stay with that solid lead throughout the game and helped them kind of keep their momentum up throughout the game whenever the Thunder would have a response, even though the response would be just a slight momentum shift. It was never anything that could really turn the tide of this game. Like after the Pistons went on a 23-2 run in the first quarter, the Thunder's response was an 11-4 to run. Then in the second quarter, the Pistons opened it up with a 12-0 run. The Thunder responded with a 14 to four run. Then in the third quarter, the Pistons went on two short runs, seven they went on an eight and run and then a seven oh run. And the Thunder only scored eight points in between those two runs. So quarter by quarter you look at the fact that yes, 
the Thunder did find some way to respond to these runs, but it was never in a competitive enough way because their talent is lacking right now because a lot of their players are benched, unfortunately. So you kind of have to wonder what would have happened if Shea Gildress-Alexander would have been playing or Lou Dort or other players of note, possibly Mike Muscala. So it, it was unfortunate, but ultimately this is what the Thunder fans want. So... You got what you wish for. Lexi Pokashevsky with 19 points on 19 attempts tonight, leading the Thunder. Sveem Hyluk, 17 points. Theo Maldon, 14 points. Kenrich Williams, 2 of 10 from the floor, but 6 points, 10 points apiece for Ty Jerome. And 10-day contract from the G League, straight from the G League, uh, Jalen Horde. So, I mean... We've got plenty of bad to talk about, Matt. So I guess let's let's kind of focus on that second quarter run that Christine was talking about. Uh, mainly to me, games like this when you're, it's clear the the end is near. Guys are sitting out. Guys are quote unquote hurt. Uh, I mean, the, the main guys: SGA, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort. All those guys are uh, hurt for the foreseeable future. Games like this, I, I have no idea what to make of any type of number. I have no idea what to make of any type of uh, just group of plays that we see but I will say like on with Pokashevsky the quick trigger is there it's been there basically since he started this season uh, but he's beginning to understand a little bit more I feel like when to pull off that quick trigger of his from deep and it really kind of came to fruition that that one play that we saw watching the game in the second quarter late in the second quarter with just just crisp ball movement of guys who a won't be on this roster probably in the offseason, and B, guys who may not even be on this roster past training camp for next year, but it resulted in uh, Alexei Pokashevsky hitting a, a deep three from the left side. Uh, I mean, to me, Matt, that's the blueprint for this team, especially when you add all the stars once they come back um, from their injuries. But to me, that's the only thing in games like this that I kind of take away and say, okay, that was nice. I want to see more of that once we get the guys back. Right. I just In, the, in these games, to close out, I just want to see some flashes for like to keep flashing some good moments really because i mean there's not going to be very many games here from here on out where you know the thunder put it all together like put a full game together and win a game that they shouldn't i I don't think that um given what we've seen the past what three or four games now um yeah it's it's not going to be pretty so just kind of hope hope to see some more of poku you know kind of finding his way in the NBA game, slowing down a little bit for him. Like, keep trying to find those moments. Teo, the same way. Um, but that's that's really about it for me. That's all I'm looking for. Um, as Sfima Kyluk does does good stuff, but I think, is he expiring? Is he on an expiring deal? I believe so. I believe so, too. So, I mean, he he probably won't be here. Again, I'd, I'd like to have Sfima Kyluk back. Say it isn't I, so. I, I'd like to have him back. I, I like, I think he can do do some good things and man i told you all during the game yeah. he he runs like he already has back problems and he's <laughs> what 24 25 he's not old who cares he's still got hops yeah he has about a dunk a game so he's he's kind of taken that mantle from hamadou diallo who tonight had let's see 11 points off the bench for the pistons five of ten from the floor and other former thunder player jeremy grant led all scores tonight 21 points to go along with five assists and five rebounds seven of 15 from the floor, so shout out to our former Thunder buddies, Jeremy Grant and Hamadou Diallo. The Thunder are now 20 and 29 guys, uh, but of course, as great as the Pistons looked considering they were playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, it is important to remember for our, your lottery predictions, 
Detroit's 14 and 35. <laughs> so yeah, like this is... like all that stuff in the first half, Christine, of the season where the Thunder are just, hey, they're they're plucky. They're winning more games and there's still a chance like to, to sit here and say that all that was completely detrimental to the future of this franchise is silly because the Thunder could still a win the lottery of their own merit and b get a top five pick if Houston gets a five, six or or gets pick number five because they do have a little bit of a respectable chance of getting that pick number five for that pick swap for Oklahoma City. So at the same time, when they're competing with teams like Detroit and Houston and Orlando and Golden State has those weird pick swaps themselves, it just you you see how this is going to go this season with all these guys being out, all these other fringe guys getting extended minutes, and then by virtue the Thunder just lose every game by 20 or 30 points. And then you look at the records and you're just like, man, why did they have to win those that that 10-game right. spurt in the first half where they won 7-10? to 10? Like, Was that necessary? Yeah, you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons there because there's definitely pros to them winning, mainly because a team like this only looks that competitive because they are gritty that get those wins sometimes when they might not have been projected to win, and that's exciting, and that continues their will to win and continues that fight and that hustle within them. If they did lose that many games in the beginning, you probably wouldn't look at this team as being fun to watch anymore. And even when they lose tonight, I can't do the math in my head, but even when they lose by, like, what, 24 there's still these flashes and still these good moments that you like to see in these players that get you excited for their future. Now, if they lost all these games in the beginning of the season, you might not be seeing these flashes now because maybe they would be exhausted and tired of being in this constant hamster wheel of a situation where they're trying super hard, but they're still losing. So what's the point of continuing to try harder than all these other teams in the NBA that are just more talented? So... Who knows what would have happened if the Thunder would have just leaned into the tanking from the start. We don't know what team they would look like now. And we don't know what identity they would have now. So even though they might have a better lottery position if they obviously would have leaned into the tank from the get-go, as far as the winning culture is concerned and as far as the development is concerned, I think it's going to work out in the long run for the better. But again, I guess we'll just see what happens with the lottery. And where are my manners? I totally forgot Frank Jackson got a cup of coffee with the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Four or seven from the floor, ten points. I like Frank Jackson, but I think it was fairly apparent early on. He's way too good in terms of trying to win games, especially at that level of where he would be in the rotation, Matt. So he, he was quickly ousted. He was sapped. Yeah, it was, it was probably mainly to do with the fact that he went to Duke. Um Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know what? No, you know what? You know who went to uh, real quick. In the preseason, I just need to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But uh, okay, Speed McKay. Josh, yeah, no, Josh there. Jackson for the yeah, Detroit yeah, Pistons yeah. scored 14 tonight. He was five of ten from the floor. Where did he go? Oh he was great yeah, in the first, he was great in the first quarter. Oh um, yeah, Kansas must be. But must no, be that Jayhawk no, side, but, but for real, Frank Jackson was one of their better players in the preseason. He had he had uh, they ran a play really for him to win game. a game against yeah, exactly. the Bulls, right? Yeah, exactly. So no, it was it was more of a uh, hey, you would be a little too good for our bench, and that's where we're trying to like lose some games. Is whenever Shea Gilgis Alexander and these guys go to the bench, we're right. not trying to hang with teams. No. But, so, yeah, no good for Frank Jackson. I'm glad. I'm glad he's getting some playing time. Sad that it's on the terrible Detroit Pistons. But real yeah. quick before we get to the Thunder play of the game, I haven't really got your take out of this just yet. I mean, your your most hated rival, North Carolina, 
And Roy Williams said bye yeah, bye. Hubert now, Davis. Uh, I thought, Hubert Davis, yeah. I thought Could that he could hire. I thought he was going to be the. I thought UNC was going to, you know, reach out to someone like a Brad Stevens mm-hmm. and just kind of gauge his interest. And then if not, they would hire Hubert Davis. I thought he was mm-hmm. kind of the next in line. So no, I, I think that's a really good hire for North Carolina, and um, I'm really glad they didn't get Brad Stevens. So. <laughs> No, that'll be Duke when Krzyzewski just right. when he finally decides. shuffles off this mortal coil. To, yeah, after yeah, his I hope fifth, so. I hope uh, so. What's it called? Botox. Uh, he's already had five championships, so not five, not fifth championship. That's not what you were going to say. No, it wasn't. So just his Botox. No, oh, dang. For All those right. for those wondering, Kenrich Williams did lead the game in the third quarter with an ankle sprain. Did not return. He's going to be out. He's reevaluated. He's going to be weeks. Four, to, four to six weeks. Four to six weeks. Get get the we'll mid. Be, get the mid. He's, April. On a, he's on a week to week basis now. <laughs> yeah, never fun. Time for the Thunder Player of the Game. Now the franchise Thunder Player of the Game, brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. There are some games where it's actually kind of hard to pick this one. Mine. There, there are some games where it's hard because everybody played well. I, this is not one of those. This times. is not one of those times. <laughs> this is not one of those times. But I have been hard on this player all season long, and he did. I'm going to let that one breathe. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. Uh, uh, don't worry, Christine. This is a podcast. Exactly. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, I've been pretty harsh on this player, but he really showed out tonight. He was the leading scorer from from the get-go and then to continue to play well, and that was Aleski Pokashevsky. I mean, he was nine, eight of 19 from the floor tonight and ended up with 19 points, was the leading scorer for the Thunder. And I think we're finally starting to see him become more comfortable in his body and starting to become more confident with his decision-making, which is so key for him. And just knowing when to pick his shots and pick his chances. Like, I remember specifically there was a play where he was right by the baseline. He had this really sharp pass to Moses Brown underneath the basket. Moses Brown didn't finish. And then he goes on the consecutive offensive play and just decides to shoot a dagger from the three and obviously makes it. And I thought, wow, okay, smart guy. He's like, you know what? If you're not going to make the pass that I give you, I'm going to go for myself. And I'm just starting to become really impressed with his decision-making and seeing him be able to execute what I can tell he's already thinking of. And I think that transition is starting to become more positive for him, and that's why I think we saw him have such a um, successful night tonight. So good for Poku. He's going to be my player of the game. I mean, I've seen Poku score. I've seen Poku put shots up. Uh, I've seen him do a lot of the things that we figured he could do, but just in the first half of the season, he wasn't really able to do it successfully. I mean, we've seen him do that in flashes over the last few weeks. What I haven't really seen out of him is a game where he has scoring like this, but has low turnover numbers. I mean, he had four turnovers tonight. I mean, that that to me is like the next step in his development is all those things that he's trying to do. He's going a thousand miles an hour, like in in his, of what he's capable of, if y'all know what I mean. Uh, But just need to clean up the turnovers because him dribbling all over the place, dribbling high, and then losing it whenever he tries to do that spin move at the elbow, that is not going to bold well if he continues to do that once this team has some expectations in the coming years. But, I mean, I'll be quick and easy with this. It's Steve McKay, Luke, in my opinion. I mean, he was the only guy that played winning basketball. Uh, six of six from the free throw line. Four steals, one of them uh, resulting in a breakaway dunk. 5 of 10 from the floor, 17 points. I mean, Svee was just, if the Thunder were a playoff team, like 
you hope that your lower end player plays like Svi, like he did tonight. Yeah, exactly. And mine, mine was also going to be Svi Mikhailu. Um, I don't know. He just. I wish. I wish this Thunder team had Svi last year. Like that would. That would he would have been an yeah. awesome player to watch for the Thunder last year. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, who knows? Hopefully, the Thunder can sign him again. He wants to be here. Who knows? I I, I doubt he it. wants his jersey in I the Raptors. It. Yes, yes, that's what we should sell him on. We should sell him as having your jersey right up there next to Nick Collison, former Jayhawk, as well. What What so. if they tried to and whatever intern was supposed to Photoshop his jersey up <laughs> and the Raptors misspelled his name? Yikes. <laughs> But but seriously though, if you have Steve Luke as like your seventh eighth man in, yeah, behind Lou yeah. Dort, that Mr. would Bond. be that would be a solid lineup. Yeah. So who kn- who knows what is in Steve Luke's future? But I don't know. I- I'm enjoying watching him for the Thunder right now. He he is a he is a good player. He's better than is it hurting you to what say I this? Thought. No, better than most. He's better than what I thought because I I don't. Sorry, you guys can. Lock me up and throw away the key, but I don't watch a whole lot of Detroit Pistons basketball. Sorry, what? So I didn't watch. I didn't watch a whole lot of. Speed you don't follow I Jerry Ramsey's I Detroit him, Pistons. I watched him at Kansas. I liked him at Kansas, but and then yeah, I just I haven't watched him since he's been on the Pistons. So I didn't know what kind of player he was, and now getting to watch him every game, I I'm impressed. I like Svee. I like Svee. So does uh, Mark Dagnall. Yeah, for anyone not like. In their cars right now, not not watching the Gonzaga Baylor game. Last I checked, Baylor was up twenty three to eight. Literally, so, they are going off. I'm so yeah. excited. I Yay. I have Gonzaga winning this game, but I want to be wrong had, so bad. I had Baylor. I had Baylor. Just Good depe- for you. And just depending on the re- I, the refs are letting them play, and I think that I think that that favors <laughs> I love Baylor. That. That favors oh, it does a hundred percent. They're a tough team. They don't mess but around. Anyway, down sorry, low. sorry to go sorry. off on that, but just trying to keep people updated if they're in their cars, not. Not near TV. Yeah, sorry, Matt Burton and I are uh, college basketball nerds. Yeah, so. for sure. I had Ohio State. Matt Burton, Christine <laughs> Butterfield. It's okay, I had Illinois. So. Did you know I had Oral Roberts winning in my bracket? I'm not joking. Somebody, in your Summit League bracket? Yes, somebody sorry. needs a miracle. Brady Trantham here. First take Thunder postgame show. Oklahoma City loses to the Detroit Pistons 132-108. to I mean, the score is inconsequential. They got blown out. Who cares? But we'll be right back with more Thunder Tank talk. Maybe some Thunder Draft talk because there's nothing else to be excited for. And we'll, of course, update you here and there on the National Championship if you're out and about trying to get home from work to watch the big game. Welcome back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise. All I asked for was a freaking rotating chair, okay? Well, okay. 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 Getting a little afraid. I need an old priest and a young priest. The power of Christ compels you. Don't look now, but the Baylor Bears have a big lead. And this is not my thought. I mean, everybody had this thought, but when has that ever gone wrong? We'll go to Christine Butterfield and Matt Burton for the answer. I'm Brady Trantham, by the way. This is the first Take Thunder postgame show. We'll talk about the Thunder. Of course, we'll get there. But you already know, they lost at 132-108 to the Detroit Pistons, the Best team in the league if you are trying to lose games. They're up there. They are up there, but they were bested by Oklahoma State tonight. But, Christine, real quick, 
uh, Matt Burden, you you got you just chime in. First thought comes yes. into your head. Uh, Baylor big lead. Does that does that bode well? Has that ever happened before? Have we seen this movie before? It has, Ooh. and and it's happened at the hands of a Jalen. So Gonzaga has a Jalen. Oklahoma had had a Jalen. Just saying, it could happen. Great observation, Burton. Thank you. Oh man, I'm good for one of those a year. Yeah, I am a um, I'm a little bit of a skeptic right now as far as Baylor's concerned. Just be just because I don't know if they're going to be able to stay hot, but I do know that they're on fire. They're on fire, but I do know that their defense has what has been what's carried them through this whole season because before they had that COVID break, they were first in the league with uh, points allowed. They only allowed 62 points per game around there, which is really good for college basketball. Yeah, it's like Waco or Baylor. Just you know, just rules don't apply. Like their football team had a... I mean, they, they had a week off and then the following week they played Oklahoma State with their wide receivers quality control coach being the acting head coach and play caller. Bless his heart. He... I'm sure he was excited for the opportunity, but woefully unprepared because <laughs> oh, yeah. that is not my job. And he had four days notice. Baylor just hey, who cares, who cares, who cares. But they are they are playing NBA basketball while, while Gonzaga is just trying to figure things out. My dad texted me. He said it looks like Gonzaga is playing against nine guys. That's how good. <laughs> that's how good Baylor's playing on defense. The right ha- now. Yeah, just... their defense is killer. Now, it, did Jalen Suggs have three turnovers in this first half? I don't know, but Gonzaga has seven so far as a team right now. Oh no! Segwaying back to Oklahoma City, just a nice little, just a nice little nugget. Oh right, (laughs) we're uh, supposed to talk about the Thunder. Oh yeah, yeah. unfortunately, a nice little nugget of informations, which is uh, some kind of French for information. Information. Uh, Information. This coming from the Oklahoma. Good observation because you know, like I said earlier in the first segment, Oklahoma City, as of about. Oh, 11.30 noon earlier today. They had seven active players on this roster. And I'm like, ah, that, that, just ain't, that just doesn't work. Is that against the rules? Didn't the Sixers have to forfeit a game because they had like four guys readily available to play a basketball game because of COVID health and safety protocols? But not to be undone, Sam Presti went out and found some rather talented G-leaguers to sign to some 10-day contracts. But uh, coming from the Oklahoman, uh, at 2.38 p.m., guys, the Thunder announced it had signed guard Justin Robinson to a 10-day contract. Six minutes later, the team officially announced the signing of Ford, uh, Jalen Horde to a two-day contract. Four hours later, Robinson and Horde walked to the scorer's table and checked in for their Thunder debut. So I'll ask you guys real quick. In, in your young experience, you, your young, soon-to-be-very-successful sports media careers, have you ever been asked by your bosses to do something you were not prepared for, but you just said, I got to say yes to this opportunity? Yes. So, yes. 100%. And then an hour or two later, you are learning on the job. Yes. A hundred percent all the time. That I'm happens not gonna all say, the time. I'm not going to say which job. <laughs> I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say what particular opportunity, but like there have been countless ones where I was like, I am so unprepared for what oh, yeah. I'm about to do, but I'm going to pretend like I know a hundred percent what I'm doing and I'm going to wing it. 
and then I'll just end up working out. I think you uh, you perform better that way, though, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just get thrown into the wolves. Adrenaline, baby. You, know, yeah. you just Adrenaline. don't overthink it. You, exactly. you just go with your first instinct, and it's like, usually yeah. your best yeah. one. And then it just... And then you just kill it. I, I think for Matt, like the example that pops in my head is when you had to do TV. What was it for News Nine <laughs> yeah, at Lucky right. Star? Our yeah. friends at Lucky Star Casino who take care of Sam and Chisholm every was Monday. Supposed to be. Well, Wait, because, stop. What happened? Yeah, no. Oh, I had to do a. I had to do a. I don't know. Like a. It's a stand. It's like a thirty-second like stand-up interviewing the. I don't know if he was the C, CFO. I think of Lucky Star Casino, and uh, for News Nine, and. It was supposed to be whoever the talent was that was coming out to Lucky Star. I was setting up a remote out there. But it just so happens that the talent who is going to go out there is none other than Dylan Buckingham, who works for Channel 4. <laughs> so he could not do it. Oh, my so, God. Uh, just yeah, like blurry out, blur out his face. Our fearless leader, uh, Buddy Wiley. And Randy Heights texted me and was like, uh, hey, are you comfortable doing this? I was like, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> You know, whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I did like a 30 to 45 second stand up just interviewing him. And uh, I don't think it was that great, but I think it was good for the time I had to prepare for it. Because it was literally, I showed up and then they were like, hey, are you the guy? I was like, I don't know. I'm a guy. And then you I were the, the guy, though. Yeah, I was the guy. It turns out I was the guy. So there you go. See, Matt Burton rose to the occasion. Christine, when's, when have you rose to the occasion? I'm sure there are examples. Oh, there's there, there's so many because I just pretend like I can do a bunch of things. Uh, no, but one of the first times I was interning at Channel 5, actually, uh, I had, I just, pretend, sometimes I just, you know, say like, oh yeah, I can do that because I assume in my head, like, oh, it can't be that hard, right? And um, my boss slash mentor was like, oh, hey, um, would you mind just go ahead and performing your own rundown today like it, it'd be like two minutes and 30 seconds going through all the sports news write your own script you know how to do that right and you'll just get on camera i was like oh absolutely yeah i've done this i've done this like a few times so it shouldn't be that difficult and then i was just thinking oh, oh what am i supposed to do and then i just uh put together the sports news put together a script that i thought didn't sound like trash and then got on camera and did it and it ended up working out really well I'm so proud of you guys. As for the Thunder's 10-dayers, <laughs> Justin Robinson, Jalen Horton, you know, I will say, like, they were rather talented considering the absolute, the less than zero expectations, but Robinson had nine points, two assists. In 24 minutes, Jalen Horde, 10 points, six rebounds in 22 minutes, and I believe Jalen Horde was a big part of that. The only time in this game where Oklahoma City looked like a team with a pulse in that second quarter where they went on that 12-0 run, I don't know what it ballooned to ultimately, but I just remember 12-0 run. Uh, Jalen Horde was a big part of that. So it's big for guys like that, of course. Are, are they going to have futures with Oklahoma City? I don't know. Probably not. Are they going to have futures in the NBA? I, I don't know. Probably not. But this is their time to shine. This is their opportunity. So, I mean, every guy on this roster, you, you take every single opportunity you absolutely can. But at the same time, guys... You know, I've talked about this on like the morning show today, Triple M Ranch. It's been taxing. You know, th this this is a fun job. Like, don't get me wrong, this is an absolutely fun job. I love doing it. But in terms of if you get a chance to pick what type of team you want to cover, I don't think a lot of people are banging down the door to cover a team that's actively trying to tank, especially right now. And the reason why is because in the first half of the season, I would not have described Oklahoma City as actively trying to tank. And so, of course, we, right. would, we would come on here and maybe say disappointing things 
about that. But it was still ultimately good to see guys develop because they're playing competitive, meaningful minutes and they're playing competitive games. So you can really take what you see more than a, with more than a grain of salt. But when you see guys like these G-leaguers, when you see guys like a Kenrich Williams or a Moses Brown or anybody, Tony Daniels, when they play extended minutes and they put up num- like nice raw numbers, I'm just like, that's nice, but I don't really know what this means. And so, therefore, all these games just makes me want to go, can we just auto-send this and get it over with? Yeah. It's just confusing to me because I have no idea who would stay with the Thunder and who they would try to trade or who they would just wave at this point. Because I thought that they could have grouped in Justin Jackson with Mike Muscala for a nice trade at the end of the season. That's what I assumed was going to happen. And then they just waved him today. And so I'm looking at all these players because the biggest question now is who are they going to keep? We all, we already know they're going to keep SGA. We already know that they're going to keep Lou Dort. And so then you're looking at the rest of the roster thinking... And, and obviously, Aleski Pokashevsky, he's kind of a cornerstone. Teo Maladon's not really going anywhere. After that, though, and I guess Moses Brown, too. Sorry. So, yeah, anyway. After that, though, the question is, who are they going to keep? And each player makes a different argument in different games. And now with these two, with Horde and Robinson coming out tonight, I didn't expect much just because it's their first time for the Thunder. They haven't played with this team yet. And they showed out, like, they scored 10 and 9 points. Like, that's a solid contributing player for the Thunder. And so you look at all these names on the roster, and for me it's hard to feel like I can be, I don't want to say devoted, but like I can really care about their future and what they're going to develop into if I have no idea if they're going to be on the team next season. Yeah, no, I don't want to get my hopes up either, Christine. I, like I've been burned in the past before. It's Matt. Not only that, but just uh, like specifically about doing the post games for this. Like, I mean, I, I love getting on here and just talking about basketball, um, but there's only so many ways that we can say like the Thunder just weren't as talented. That's why that's <laughs> like that's why they didn't win. Like they just weren't as talented. Like look who's playing. Like there's only so many ways we can break down. Like a forty-eight point loss, like the other night. Like, I mean, and I'm like, sorry, there's guys. Only so many like, ways. you know, there's only so many ways I can say this. Viva Kyluk just was okay, fantastic, right, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, no one wants to. We hear already me. did player of the game. Here. I know. I just want to say, 17, no one wants to hear points. me. He already got his. He already got his shine. So. Seventeen points, Career five high, four steals. Anyway, I'm saying, like, you know, like to Matt's point, we can only talk about certain subjects so many times. And Viva Kyluk runs like a picket fence. I, I don't want to hear any slander about his running style. <laughs> Just don't. Would, we still, would we still have Poku looking like he's been undernourished for like five years? I don't want to talk about that. He's going to get bigger. He's going to grow. Remember remember what we all looked like, guys, when we were 13, 14 years old, except Lexi Pokoshevsky is just 19. <laughs> he's going to get bigger. Once puberty sets in, Like the sky's the limit. No, he'll be great then. But when will that happen? That's the question. We only ask the good questions here on this the first take thunder post game show. Mark Dagnalt announced uh, in the post game availability with the media that he has an idea of when Lou Dort is going to be able to come back, saying that he gets better and better each day, but wasn't willing to go on record as to guessing when he was going to come back. So, typical Thunder fashion, working in the shadows. Again, it just makes it that much harder to watch, but. 
even if Lou Dort or Darius Baisley or just somebody gets added to the rotation, really to me, guys, and I'll start with you, Matt, it doesn't really matter until SGA comes back if he comes back because he's the he's the guy who makes this machine go, and he's going to be the guy who makes this machine go for the foreseeable future for this franchise. And while Lou Dort, Darius Baisley, that, that caliber player on this roster, no doubt very good. Here comes Gonzaga. Uh-oh, don't count out, don't count out the Zags. Baylor got some momentum. choking with the lead. If they get hot, oh darn it! Yeah, Gonzaga switched up to his zone, and Baylor's kind of cooled off. That's not a good, not a good. Shouldn't you be wearing root for the Big Twelve? I hate when people say that. (laughs) Why SEC? Because this isn't the SEC. This isn't group think time. I don't care what the Big Twelve does, anyways. This, none of this really matters to me, development-wise, for any of these lower-end players, Matt, until SGA comes back, because I want to see what they look like with the guy on the floor, right. not just one of the nice pieces that this franchise could potentially have moving forward. Right, and I was thinking this tonight. I was just like, man, I miss, I miss watching Shea play. Me I too. I thought that, play. too. Let's, let's write him a nice uh, letter. We should, yes. Well, because I was... And we'll all sign it. Yeah, and it's a get well like, soon. Hey, it's a get well soon, or like we uh, hang in you. there, hang in there. Thinking card. of you, yeah, exactly. Um, but I miss watching Blake because he was, he was damn near an all star this year. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, oh, I, I miss Mike Conley. Play. I miss watching him play, and uh, that's really <laughs> that's really all I've been thinking about. Like watching these past few games, I'm like, I just, I wish because, but Presty is probably just like Shay. You know, take take your time. Take your time because you might be able to win us like a few games, like kind of on your own. So, low key, yeah. I don't know. I mean, my my thing is, is that obviously the team is missing that spark of distribution because in the first quarter they were trailing Detroit fourteen to two in assists. So you could just tell the ball movement at that. That's good if you're playing golf, Christine. That's I, a great score. Exactly, but um, this is basketball. So um, SGA was his ball handling and his court vision and his finesse was very much missed in so many different ways. And it's been missed for a few weeks now. And as a basketball fan, not even like covering the Thunder, but just as a basketball fan, I miss watching him play basketball. He's just he's he's definitely special for sure. For sure. Jerry's probably screaming somewhere, but it's fine. Oh, Jerry is right. fine. <laughs> Although I, I would love to get his I, opinion you, of this. Do you think uh, anytime someone speaks positively about SGA, he just like twitches? Well, I mean, he just it, groans. It must be why he's constantly in a bad mood because a lot of people say good things about SGA. I mean, he's pretty good. He's going to be pretty good. Is he going to be an MVP? I don't. I don't know. That's the question. Is like, wh- how good are we talking here? That's yet to be determined. That is yet to be determined. But, guys, I'm a little sad. This Why? segment this segment just became harder for me overnight. <laughs> because the human white flag has been waved. I know. We waved uh, goodbye to Justin Jackson, like you said earlier, Christine. Justin Jackson was waved by the Oklahoma City Thunder. There are reports that uh, some teams have been asking around about Justin Jackson, uh, that he can help some middling teams, playoff teams. I mean, there's no doubt Justin Jackson is the lowest end of what can be described as a streaky shooter. So, I mean, if there's a spot open on a playoff roster at the end of the bench, there's no doubt that Justin Jackson can fill that void and do it rather well. You know, just throw him out there randomly, not deep in the playoffs, but maybe he can do something. But again, it makes it so much harder 
for me to do Thunder Tank Commander of the game. We're good! Tanking! Yeah! No, sorry. Sorry, we're going! We're going! Tanking! Through the quad and into the gymnasium! Come on, everybody! Mine's Kendrick Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he got hurt, man. He's, Come he, on, is, bro. he is in pain. Are you saying he intentionally injured yes. himself? He intentionally so that... injured himself after 22 minutes. He was like, for screw 10. this. I'm, I'm out going here. two for 10, 0 for 3 from 3 points. I'm going to go watch the national championship game. Kendrick Williams. Well, this is going to be his last chance to be the tank commander for probably this season because he's going to have a minor injury and they're going to be like, we'll reevaluate him in four to six weeks. So, The ankle injury that would not heal. Right. Okay. So yeah, Kinder Twins. I want to be all controversial and say Pokashevsky because 19 points on nine, 19 attempts, four turnovers, all those bad things. But I mean, it really has to either be Kinder Williams or like Darius Miller didn't play enough to be tank commander. Like so, you I, know who I got? Who you got? I got Moses Brown because. He did not score until the fourth quarter. It counts. And he, I mean, no, he did. It's like more than I scored, scored tonight. He scored eleven points. Okay, he scored eleven points, which you know is fine. But you think about the fact that it all came in the fourth quarter. And you know what I have to say? I think he was trying to prove to Sam Presti because you know he's been on kind of the borderline of wow, he's getting all these double doubles. Look at what he's doing. He's you know like getting on the boards offensively and defensively like whoa this guy can kind of play I bet you he was thinking you know what Sam Presti might intentionally bench me maybe I should just uh, cool it off for a second so I'm not so you know what gotta applaud him playing the long game so he could continue to play smart guy smart guy sure Sure. I mean, the Thunder are the tank commander of the game today because they out-tanked and lost to the yeah. Detroit Pistons by a substantial margin, 132 to 108. I mean, how does one do that? How does one do that? Gonzaga currently trailing Baylor 45 to 29 with a minute and 48 to go in the first half. What will happen in this very dramatic second half? What will happen in the third segment of the first Take Thunder postgame show? You're going to have to find out, but I will tease Matt Burton taking us around the association. Christine probably talking about Kansas, Svee Mihailuk. Uh, no, nah, I think I got it out of my system. I think I'm good. Now, what else does Christine talk about a lot, Matt? Uh, I don't know, working out. Oh, yeah. Like, plug, <laughs> your, here. plug, plug your fitness Instagram. <laughs> uh, trying to get all swole. Christine, be fit if you want to. Is that what the handle is on Instagrams? Mm hmm. Christine be fit. Oh, I like it. That's I like it. that. I see. I, I get it. I get what you did there. Thanks, bro. It's a thinking. It. It's a thinking man's. Uh, it's a thinking, Instagram. Handle. There you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Follow her on Instagram if you want to try and get in shape. You know you do. You absolutely know you I do. do. The Thunder need to get in shape. To the Oklahoma City Thunder first take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 1077 The Franchise. Majestic Wolf Lamp and his family. This is Galco, which is Hebrew for kindness. Oklahoma City loses 
to the Detroit Pistons, 132-108, to behind 21 points from former Thunder player Jeremy Grant, 11 from Hamadou Diallo, and hey, 10 from Frank Jackson. Yay! Yay! Cool. I'm not sorry, Miss Jackson, because your son won. And uh, the Pistons haven't won a lot of those. So, Are you for real? I am for real. The Pistons are <laughs> 14, and who gives a crap? They've won 14 games this year. Oklahoma City sitting rather pretty at 20 and 29 on the year, perpetually stuck at that 13th spot in the Western Conference. Also, college basketball update. Gonzaga got down to 10 right as time expired in the first half. 47-37. What's going to happen in the second half? But I'm going to tell you something right now. Guys, the Miami Heat are back. Wow. Nothing? Nothing? It doesn't shock me. They're a good team. They're a good team. Sometimes when Brady smiles like that, it freaks me out. Well, they they played like you, they did the thing where they fell behind for a more dramatic victory. You know they did this on this is all calculated by Pat Riley, just uh, by design. Jimmy Big Face buckets. This is all by design. Getting Victor Lodipo at the eleventh hour. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Uh, on that note, a little bit of, like of disappointing teams. Real quick around the room, Matt. I'll start with you. What's the most disappointing thing about the NBA this season? This could be a team, this could be a player, this could be a storyline, something that you expected to happen that just didn't come to fruition. I mean, what to you were you looking forward to this season and it just didn't happen or it just simply ticked you off? <laughs> the Thunder having a worse record? You wanted them to have a worse a... Re- I, want, I wanted them to have the best odds. The best odds at the pick. But um, non-Thunder? Jeez, I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, okay, all right. I will say, Clay Thompson getting hurt. That was tough. That was a bummer. Clay Thompson that was, getting that hurt. That was tough. What made it worse was it, it was on draft night, yep. the mm-hmm. weakest, most boringest draft I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah Clay. Th- I was looking forward. I I love watching Clay Thompson play basketball. He's a player for sure. He's great. He's he's like a ro- he's a literal robot. He's a basketball playing robot, um, not like Kawhi Leonard robot, but sim- in, of the same ilk. Oh uh, yeah, the same make and you know, yes. factory or whatever. Oh, who knows? China Clay. He's like a also. Terminator. He's like a Terminator yeah. where he just he gets hot. He whenever he gets hot, it's over. It's insane. He's the T one thousand. Kawhi's the T eight hundred. Yeah. He's the Nimbus three thousand. Is that what it is? That's uh, Nimbus, Nimbus 2000? is is yeah Harry Potter. But I was close. I was giving an, okay. I was giving another. Christine, how well versed are you it's on fine. the Terminator mythology? And Clay Thompson's the Firebolt. Okay, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you, man. Uh, I'm okay. I haven't seen all of them fully. But I've seen I've seen the first one. I know I've seen the last one. And then parts of the second and third. You just need to watch Terminator 2. That's really all you need to do. Okay. Skynet. Oh, boy. No, I will. Did you guys, speaking of the Warriors real quick, did you guys see that story that popped up uh, today about Kelly Oubre? No, that they're trying so. to get rid of him? Probably. So. I don't know. <laughs> <I don't laughs> now, he would be playing a great part of there this Oklahoma one, City tank job. I think there was a 
There was a story I heard that they offered the Nets Kelly Oubre for Spencer Dinwiddie straight up, and then they, the Nets were like, no. The <laughs> Nets were like, nothing. They're like, <laughs> no, thank you. are actually good. Uh, even though Spencer Dinwiddie's like hurt, I think. So. Kevin's <laughs> still like, no. Hey, Kevin, Kevin Durant was too busy tweeting at failed C-list rappers and (laughs) C-list actors and C-list entertainers, just whoever it is, just C-list. But no, I saw a story earlier today that an anonymous, I don't know who this is, this anonymous Warriors player said, and I quote, we had Andre Iguodala, finals MVP, and he he used an expletive in there, uh, willing to come off the bitch, and Kelly Blanken Oubre wants to start. It's too good to come off the bench. Too good, too good to come off the bench. Yep, a uh, little. little it just bit, uh, they got they got some new culture in their uh, locker room. Instead of yeah, instead of you know My sticking with m- their championship culture that they had, they got new culture in there with the uh, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, and it's uh, it's not the same. It's Is not it the, the same. end of their it. dynasty? I don't know. I don't know. I, it really depends on what happens in this draft. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at too. Do we like their? Do we like their draft pick even this from this past season? I past like James Wiseman. I, mean, I like James Wiseman. I think the he got compared to DeAndre Jordan a lot, which I think was very a very lazy comparison because people didn't watch James Wiseman. He didn't play that much at Memphis, obviously. He but played had, for five minutes. Yeah, no, but they didn't. You didn't. There's no. He's already a ten times better outside shooter than DeAndre Jordan, and he's not that. He's not a great outside shooter, but he's got good form for a big guy, and so I, it leads me to believe that he can be like an eighteen foot jump shot. Like he can he can consistently hit that, and I think he's more athletic than DeAndre Jordan was. He can uh, put it on the floor. DeAndre Jordan can't. All they just saw was an athletic shot blocking left hander, and they were like, "Oh yeah, DeAndre Jordan," but. They didn't watch James Wiseman. I like James Wiseman a lot. I think he'll be good. And I think that was a good situation for him uh, to get drafted to the Warriors. But it would have been better if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt. And well, I mean, like yeah. the problem. For and the, they were an actual good team. The problem for the Warriors, even if they get lucky and get a top five pick or even two top five picks in this coming draft, is what type of timeline are they on? Like Wiseman. Like I agree. I'm not by any means saying he's a bust. I mean, this entire rookie class has been rather dull, but we yeah. kind of knew that going into the season anyway. Uh, but how long are the Warriors willing to wait for Wiseman to fully become what he potentially could be? But at the same time, if Wiseman's still developing, if they get a, a top five pick, they can just dangle that out for some star vet yeah. and, and mm-hmm. open up their championship window back just as quickly as it seemingly has closed. But again, it's like what timelines are they are? But I mean, Christine, the interesting thing I think about this draft is, you know, watching Gonzaga with Jalen Suggs and seeing what he's been able to do in the tournament thus far. Um, of course, we all know about Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, if, uh, the G League guys, Kaminga, Jalen Green. Those guys, to me, like what what really matters more for their individual developments is just simply what team do they get drafted by? Because Cade Cunningham with the Magic or Cade Cunningham, even with the Rockets, I'm just like, what what direction are they going? They're mm-hmm. just simply going to say, here's here are the keys to the car. Go right ahead. Whereas Jay Gillis Alexander has had 
two, two and a half years of grooming to become the guy, and now he is the guy. But even still, there's no expectations for Oklahoma City. So that's why I think it's imperative for the NBA to even want a team like Oklahoma City or, of course, Golden State to get one of these top five picks, if not two of them, because there's a track record with Golden State. There's a track record with Oklahoma City, and whatever player they're able to draft, if they're able to get a top five pick, I think you can safely assume their their development's going to be very positive. Well, yeah. I Well, for, for the most part, actually, I think a lot of the times a player's success within the first couple of years of their NBA career is based on what kind of situation they're walking into with whatever team they're drafted to. Like, Zion Williamson's, the Zion Williamson's of the world are the outliers. They're the exception to the rule. Whereas the other couple of, you know, top draft picks, whatever situation they're walking into is going to determine their success within the first couple of years of um, their NBA career. And that's why you're going to, I'm really interested to see where these guys end up going because yes, they look great in college and yes, they look like they're at like, an NBA caliber player or someone that can be successful in the NBA. But if they're walking into a situation where they're not learning and they're not being able to develop and they're kind of being forced into a role that they're not used to, or they are, you know, pressured into making this huge jump of talent when they're not ready to make that jump, that's when you're going to see them falter a little bit. And that's why I think it just will really depend on what, team these guys go to and I want to see them succeed like I hate when college players look amazing in March Madness and they look like the guy and then they go to a team and the whole fan base surrounds them like oh this guy's gonna save our franchise or oh I can't believe we finally got Jalen Suggs this is gonna be it and then because of the situation it's not a good fit for the team but he was quote-unquote the guy it ends up being a disappointment for a few years and then you know in the fourth or fifth year of their career and I'm not I just use Jalen Suggs as an example I'm not saying that's going to happen but you know after like four or five years in their career then they start kind of getting that traction because they've had that time to develop and they the game slowed down for them a bit and then they're able to really just show off their talent so for me I don't want to see any of these collegiate players fail in the NBA but ultimately it just really depends on what situation they walk into and how well they fit with that team and sometimes NBA teams don't really look at how a player is going to fit and they're just looking for who's the number one guy right now and so I, I'm really intrigued to see where everyone goes and what ends up happening for sure. Yeah, if you're at the top of the draft I think I think you almost have to do that nowadays though just take the best player I mean look at now, like like I just went on that kind of rant about James well, Wiseman. Yeah. Like I think he, I think he is going to be a good NBA player, but like Lamella Ball was, it was right, it was right there. So and I'm not but, saying it's but, like but, bad. No, that's what I'm saying. But I think the Warriors got stuck in like, okay, well, we're gonna have all our guys back. Like we need to draft kind of for fit, rather than like draft Lamella Ball and just like draft the best player available to be yes. and see, but. I don't know. Right. I think I think that happened, which is, which makes me weary. Of, I don't know why it's it's most it's that usually happens with big guys, mm-hmm. like when you're when you're drafting big guys, because mm-hmm. like I don't know that, that makes me pause a little bit drafting big guys over like all, especially the guard the four guards that are there. Like I guess Kaminga is technically a small forward, but whatever. Um, yeah, drafts make me guards, con- so with Evan Mobley this year, like Evan Mobley's good. Like don't do not get me wrong. For Evan sure. Mobley is good. He, I think he is going to be like a can't miss guy. But I don't know. Those those four guards can and with the with with where the league is going, 
I don't know. And I like Evan Mobley a lot. Like I think whatever team he goes to, they will instantly get better. But I, I, I think that way about the top five picks in general. I think they're mm-hmm. all kind of like can't miss guys. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's one of those things now where if you it's kind of like, you know, in the NFL, if you don't draft the Heisman Trophy winner at the first pick, what are you really doing? You know, like everyone will judge you if you don't. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. And at this point in the NBA, of course, you're going to draft the first player available, the best player available one through five, despite whether, you know, maybe a projected top 10 pick would be better, quote unquote, fit for your team. You're going to go with a guy that's has a lot more, uh, not talent, but like has a lot more talk about him. Someone that's excited, someone that, you know, the fan base can get around, someone that, you know, you think you can really lift up the team with but half the time they're not even ready for that big of a jump to be the face of a franchise so that's just where I stand with it I'm kind of jaded when it comes to the to the draft at this point well real quick before we get to around the association with our good friend Matt Burton I mean real quick guys not a lot of thought involved in this because this I mean this for me it changes every other post game that we do this but let's say Oklahoma City has the number one overall pick do they draft need in terms of position or do they go best player available and it's more than likely Kate Cunningham, Christine, go? With Thunder, I it's funny because I don't even know what kind of an identity they're going to be going with, right? So they don't really have a fit per se because I don't really know what they're looking for at this point because based on the fact that I have no idea who they're going to keep in their roster. And if I don't know how who they're going to keep in their roster, I don't know who, in fact, would be a good fit for that roster. So then at that point, you go with best player available. Yeah, I think you have to draft draft Cade Cunningham. So that, I, th- I so think you have to. Cade Cunningham. I think you have to, and like, Oakley. yeah, and and people, I don't know. Like, I feel like we've talked about this before, but and like, people in general don't think that Shea is like the point guard. Like, like is better off ball. Kind yeah, of. he's like, like if he's a two. So you draft prime. Draft Cade Cunningham. Draft Cade Cunningham. Make him the point guard. Like, just. I mean, make him the primary ball handler, like make him the facilitator, and they can kind of trade off doing mm-hmm. it because Shea can do that too. But um, I don't know. I, I think I think you draft Cade Cunningham. I think it's he's he's too good, too valuable in this NBA. Like being six eight and having that skill set, like he can kind of do it all. Well, I mean, considering SGA can be described as basically the same player. I mean, does Sam Presti? I will beg this question: Does Sam Presti want the number two pick? So his decision making is a little bit more easier. I honestly, honest to God, I have no idea what Sam Presti is thinking. <laughs> like, he's, 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 every I time do. I think I understand I never Sam do. Presti's mind, it, he's, he's just never because I know, I know, and we've talked about this too, Brady. Like the the most logical, like it just just in terms of fit, like would be Evan Mobley because mm-hmm, I agree because we have Moses Brown. Moses Brown's not going to be a starting center. <laughs> he's not going to be a starting center, like, like, and they Al tr- Horford. Is going to be gone this off season. I, I, more than likely, more than undraft likely, night. Yes. If if not if not this off season at the trade deadline next year for sure. Um, so you would think that center would be the most like in need position, but I, I don't think you can pass up Cade Cunningham. I, I do. I don't think you can. Fair enough, Matt. That's just my opinion. Though. Sorry. Take us around the association, please. <laughs> I didn't think the music was gonna play for a second. <laughs> I saw, I saw your dear eyes like. <gasps> I don't know what's going on. I was about to make you sing. <laughs> uh, you don't want that. You don't want that. But 
Someone beatbox. Let's go. Let's go to Minnesota. Where the Timberwolves get I their don't want to go win. there. <laughs> they get their they get their 14th win, 13th or 14th win this year <laughs> against the Sacramento Kings, 116 to 106. D'Angelo Russell's first game back in 26 games, I believe, is what I read. Uh, had 25 points in 24 minutes to lead the way for the Timberwolves. I accidentally just clicked on the Thunder game, but you guys already know that score. <laughs> 132 to 108. <laughs> um, we could talk about that the, one more. The Cleveland Cavaliers get a win in San Antonio, 125 to 101. Darius Garland, 37 points and 7 assists. Hello. To lead the way for the Cavs. Okay. Now look at us. Who would have thought? Not, Not me. me. Not me. <laughs> uh, Toronto Raptors get a win thanks to a Gary Trent Jr. game winner. 103 to 101 against the Washington Wizards. Yuck. Russell Westbrook, 23 points, 11 assists, 14 rebounds for another triple double. Uh, Pascal Siakam, 22 points to lead the way for the Toronto Bay Raptors. And the Dallas Mavericks get a win at home against the Utah Jazz, 111 to 103. Goodness. Yeah, Utah needs church. an old priest and a young priest right now. 8 and 9. Yeah. Am I the only one who wonders what Mark Cuban does when his team wins? Parties. Like, do you think he, yeah, I was about to ask. Do you think he parties every single time the Mavericks win? Wouldn't surprise me. I mean either. I think he 100% does. Wouldn't surprise me. The Brooklyn Nets get a win over the New York Knicks tonight 114 to 112. Kyrie Irving had 40 points and 7 assists. Julius Randle, 19 points, 12 assists, and 15 rebounds for a triple-double. Good for Julius Randle. And this game's about to go final, but it's kind of a close game. Phoenix is up 131 to 128 on the Houston Rockets. Five seconds left, and I don't know if it's gone final yet, but looks like the Suns might pull that one out. And Houston continues to lose. And that... Was around the association. Splendid, Matt. Very splendid. Very Thank splendid. You so much. Thank you so Always much. Always 100% from you, Matt Burton. Oklahoma City's back in action Wednesday night in Oklahoma City against the Charlotte Hornets. And then they're going to follow that up with a second half of back to back against Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh my gosh, this week is just. That's how I describe the schedule. Detroit, um, Charlotte, I don't know. Cleveland. I think Charlotte will be fun. I don't care about Devontae Graham like you care well, about him. Okay, no one, nobody does. I, like, I that's great say, that you like him. I love James Posey, but I don't okay. expect you guys to care about him. No, but you you get excited when Miami Heat comes to town. I mean, I, don't I get, get very. When... I mean, I don't get excited. Like I don't. Yeah, you kind of. The only time I've ever been excited that the Heat have come to town was Dwayne Wade's last when we all knew it was Dwayne Wade's last year, and it was his last game in Oklahoma City. Okay. And I think he dropped a cool 27 on Oklahoma we got a, City. Uh, we got a question on Twitch from Bazooka. Oh, let's do it. It says, is oh, this Rashford. draft deep enough for them to trade a couple a couple of picks in the top 15? I don't know if he means into the top 15. or To trade down? To trade down. I, I would assume that the Thunder... Yeah, uh, if they get a top five pick, they're not they're not trading that. No, but if they're, no. if they're from six to ten range, I, I don't know. I, I feel like the... Bottom part of the lottery, like the I don't know that six to fourteen, fifteen range. 
I feel like most of it's like projects, like a oh, like a calling Sam Presti's name. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I was going to like, say. Like, uh, like, go look up Scotty Barnes from Florida State. Like, he's mm-hmm. in that like six to ten range. Yeah, he reminds me of like a more smooth but right-handed Darius Baisley. Like the shot, the shot, like it, it looks so similar to Baisley. He's about six nine, like athletic, long, lanky. Um, so basically, Sam Presti's favorite player in the draft is probably going to be Scotty Barnes. But um, him, like Moses Moody from Arkansas. Um, then you have another guy who's not a project, but uh, Corey Kispert from Gonzaga, the, sh- mm-hmm. the sharpshooter from Gonzaga. So it's more of a specialist type draft selection. But I feel like it's more like projects and, and stuff like that. Zaire Williams from Stanford, another one um, who will probably go in that range. But who's long, athletic, but he can actually shoot. He can really shoot it. Um, yeah, and I but mean, just he's he's really skinny and lanky, so he'll need to put on some some weight. After the first five go, that six, like you said, six to fourteen range, you're not seeing a big dramatic drop off in talent from six to fourteen. So you're basically getting a lot of qualities that are very similar in each player. For the fact that you can build them up a little bit, they have a couple areas that they're lacking just a tad but if you bump them up given those minutes especially with how the thunder are you know trying to develop their players they could really pick anyone from 6 to 14 and it's going to do the same thing it's more it the 6 to 14 range is going to be more like potential yeah uh, as well as like Jalen Johnson from Duke the the player who opted out uh-huh. like he's he's going to be potential as well it's like he's athletic all that stuff, like all the the thunder things that everyone lo- that Presty loves, he's he's a he's a project. So those are going to be more based on potential. The top five picks though are all going to be like can't miss NBA guys. Star like they're going to be they're going to be can't miss guys. So yeah. that's where like why everyone's talking about trying to get in the top five. Like and so that's why I don't know if if the thunder don't get in the top five, I don't know if they'll be able to trade into the top five, which is uh, which will be t- it'll be tough. It, it would be tough. Good stuff, as always, everybody. Matt Burton. I am Matt Burton on Twitter. Christine Butterfield, at CB on Sports. Brady Trantham here, at Brady Does Sports on Twitter. If you so choose to follow me, or if you want to, go right ahead. Oklahoma City loses to, tonight, 132-108 to to the Detroit Pistons. That, Like I said, they're back in action Wednesday night against the Charlotte Hornets. We will be back, right back at it, like we always are. So, we look forward to talking to y'all. Stay tuned on 107.7 The Franchise all day tomorrow for national championship recaps, Thunder Talk, OU Talk, maybe some OSU Talk if they're that bored. They might get there. Who knows? But thank you all for listening. This has been 107.7 The Franchise.